We're Michelle and Lucy, your deep dietitians, having raw and honest conversations, revealing the secrets of being truly nourished and empowered in mind, body, and soul. Hello, hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Deep Dietitian Podcast. It is Lucy. I am here this week solo to bring to you a little mini solo cast episode. Today, we're going to be talking about why I think it's unhelpful to call foods good or bad. So you may not think that's really important up front, but I honestly think that this is an incredibly foundational and important part of having a healthy relationship with food. So you may not understand why, if you're like saying right now, like, Oh, like foods are good or bad. We're going to talk about it because good and bad are incredibly subjective terms, but that's why I think it's important that we look and we look in depth or we look critically at the language that we use around food, because our words are incredibly powerful. The way we speak to ourselves, the way we speak about ourselves, about food, about our bodies, it's really powerful. It's really important. And it's honestly a really big area of growth and opportunity for a lot of people. If you feel like for people who feel like they don't have a good relationship with food. Okay. So I'm really excited to dive in with you today about why we should not use the terms good or bad with food. Okay. So before we dive into it, I do want to let you know that Michelle and I have a lot of fun things going on in our business right now. And Michelle's not here today, but she has been hosting a lot of great workshops. She is releasing a group program called courageous connected and courageous. And I really encourage you to go check out the links in the, in the in the show notes, the show description below, because she is really powerful. It's a women's empowerment group and she could speak about it a lot better than I can, but I feel so passionately that so many women really, really could benefit from her program. So, um, she has that going on and I want to let you know that I recently released a really great and accessible resource guide called binge eating band-aids. It's for anybody who ever feels out of control and doesn't know what to do when that moment strikes where you feel out of control and you like have that moment of clarity and you're like, Oh, I don't really want to go down this road that I've gone down so many times before, but you don't know how to act differently. And so I give you a pep talk. Basically it's a, it's really in-depth. It's like 40 minutes of video training, talking about how you can approach that, that situation how you can approach that situation with your best self, connecting to yourself, using distraction, all that stuff in a healthy way. And I'm so excited to announce that I am launching a group program. It's called Tap Into Empowered Eating. It's a play on the modality that I use called EFT tapping, but also a way to look at the emotional work and the mindset work that goes into finding peace and freedom with food. So we're going to go in depth about some really important topics, like the ones that we're going to talk about today, like removing moral value from food and how incredibly freeing that is. We're going to talk about how we need to forgive ourselves, how we need to trust ourselves, how to build trust with ourselves, how to sit with ourselves in discomfort so that we can start to build this different relationship with food from a place of love and compassion, self-care, so that we can actually feel like we're building something healthy for ourselves and that you don't have to be obsessed with food all the time because it's something that when it's negative, it can really, really run your life. And I don't want you to dedicate your life to feeling guilty about food. I just really don't. I really think that so many people can do the emotional work and free themselves 
and find a greater sense of a greater sense of confidence with themselves, confidence around food. And what that does, it just unlocks it unlocks. And what that does is that it unlocks you to live the freest life that you can, the most vibrant, the most excited, the most like just the best, the best, fullest, richest life that you can. And that's what I'm really about. And so that group will be starting in July. If you want to find more information, please, 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 please DM me on Instagram, or you can follow the link below. I'm super excited. This is a beta program, so I haven't launched this type of program before. So, um, it's, it's exciting. I like running beta programs because that way there's a lot of input because there's a lot of input from the participants and it's kind of co-created because I really like to bring value and be, you know, be connected to what really helps my clients. And a lot of that is, you know, kind of like during the program, we leave space to really work out what comes up for my clients. So I'm super, super stoked. We're going to be starting in July. I cannot wait to invite anybody who feels like this could be a value of service to them. It's really anybody who feels like they struggle with food, who feels exacerbated by themselves around food. There's a lot of work to go through. Um, and again, I, I like to work with anybody who feels like they just can't control themselves around food because I was there once and I know how disempowering that feels. And let me tell you, it's one of the greatest gifts of my life that I get to help women feel empowered around food again. So if you would like to get a little, a little kick in the butt with (laughs) self-love and confidence around food, please join me in July with this four week group program. It's going to be a lot of hands-on, a lot of tapping. It's a, it's a skill I'm really passionate about teaching because I've seen it help my clients so much and my own self. So that's a lot. (laughs) So one of the things that I would be teaching this program is why we need to detach our moral value and our self-value from food. And you may, you may feel confused by that statement because you're like, food doesn't reflect my value, but this is how it shows up in the days. This is how it shows up. A lot of times people will tell me, my clients kind of say this at first, but we talk about the language around this because your language is so powerful. The words that you say about yourself to yourself, about your food, about your body, about your life, they're really powerful. And so when we have negative talk around food, it can really prevent you from feeling confident and free around food. So what I see a lot around food and when people feel like they're stuck in the dieting cycle. So very briefly, if you've never heard of the dieting cycle, what happens is we go through this binge restrict cycle where we start a diet, we restrict foods, we put foods off limits. And so again, this is like the invitation and the place where a lot of people will start using terms like good or bad, or I can't have this. What happens is we have restrictions around our food. And eventually what happens after restriction is some sort of feeling is some sort of feeling of out of control or a binge, because what'll happen is we haven't had brownies for like weeks. And then all of a sudden it's someone's birthday and we just go ham on. (laughs) And all of a sudden we go overboard on the brownies because we haven't had them in so long. And we feel like we've binged and we feel bad about ourselves. And then we think, Oh my gosh, what should I do? Oh, I'll make up for it. I'll not eat brownies. You know, we write off brownies. So it's this cycle of like, being on a diet, being off a diet. But what can happen is because again, like I mentioned, we'll start talking about food and how we eat in terms of good or bad. And this can be really problematic, sneakily problematic. A lot of people don't realize this, but you'll, you'll hear people say, I hear people say as a dietitian, people say, Oh, I did really, I did really good today. I ate really good today. I did really well. Or on the flip side, Oh, I was really bad today. But here's the question. Why is it good and why is it bad? Because these terms, good or bad, are very subjective. 
you know, what criteria are you using for good or bad? So the problem is when we start to use this terminology, I oftentimes see it based off of specific diets, right? Like carbs are good or very generally unhelpful food rules, right? So like carbs are bad or, you know, if it's organic, it's always good. Or if it's vegetarian, it's always good. And we're going to talk about why I think that And we're going to talk about why I think that's a little bit problematic to use that terminology, but let's start off with the fact that when we take a usually traditional, what I see is very, very, very common and popular, any sort of diet, the good and bad foods don't really reflect someone's personal preferences around food. So things that we really like typically in our culture and as humans will be deemed as bad foods. So things like desserts or chips or tacos, or those are just common foods that I see, or like peanut butter or cereal. We'll call those foods bad, but immediately you are setting yourself up for failure because those foods taste amazing and taste delicious. And as soon as we make something off limits, we make it taboo. And then we want it more as humans because we want things that we can't have. That's just part of our psyche. And so as soon as we say, oh, this food is bad, we're, we're setting ourselves up to say, all right, if I eat this, I'm doing something bad for myself and or I'm a bad person. Because I know that not a lot of people are consciously sitting and you, you yourself are probably not sitting there thinking, wow, if I eat a bad food, I'm a bad person. But tell me in those moments where you eat, quote unquote, a bad food and you feel really good about yourself. If you've ever been in that moment, Tell me that you didn't call a food bad and you felt good about yourself. I just don't see people doing that. And that's why a lot of people come to me. The biggest thing they feel bad, they have so much, they have so much guilt around food because our society has really, really, uh, has really put these labels, these very subjective labels on food as good or bad. It's, it's so unhelpful. So we say this is where the dieting cycle gets us is we attach our inherent worth because we feel bad about ourselves because we eat this bad food. So now we attach feeling good with the absence of that food, right? But again, we're setting ourselves up for failure because generally it's food that people like. People like to eat celebratory foods, you know, and it's just delicious. And on top of the fact, like I mentioned, if it's off limits, we just want it more, right? So whatever we deem as off limits will seem more desirable to us, right? So then all of a sudden we've attached our success and failure as a human on whether or not we eat this food. When in reality, willpower around food is a myth, right? It's, it's just a myth. And so instead of tuning into our bodies to say, Ooh, what am I hungry for? What would make me feel really good? All of a sudden it's this personal challenge to say, Ooh, can I avoid this thing? But when we are thinking about that thing, we're thinking about the off limits food and we're going to want it more. Again, it's like distracting ourselves with this emotion and our, again, it's like our worthiness and our personal value is on the line because we want to like set ourselves up or we want to not do the thing we told ourselves we were not going to do, right? We want to follow through on the goal. I think that all humans want that. If we set a goal for ourselves, I think we generally want to follow through on it. You know, it makes a lot of sense, but we're missing the point. The point of why we would call foods good or bad is potentially for you to feel good while you eat, to make your body feel good, to enhance your health, to enhance your confidence, all this stuff. All the while, while we label these foods, we're distracting ourselves from the real point. So again, what I would encourage everyone to do is to say, let's stop this battle of good or bad, or can I eat this? Or can I not eat this? Is to give yourself permission 
to eat all foods with attunement and tune into your body to say, what is it that I actually want? Because a lot of people will find that we want to rebel against food rules. And so these rules of having foods that are good or bad, we want to rebel against them, right? We want to prove that we're autonomous. We want to prove that we can make decisions. But sometimes, and I experienced this in my own self, we will almost like go to the extremes of self-sabotage and eat foods that don't even really, really feel that good or make us feel good in order to prove that point to ourselves. And so a lot of people think, oh, I'll just try harder or I just won't eat that food or I'll, you know, I'll just have more willpower or whatever. That's not how we escape this cycle, right? Like <laughs> that's not how we escape the cycle is to re- like release this restriction off yourself and say, if I were really feeling good, if I were to really honor and nourish my body, what is it that I would be eating, right? And it sounds really counterintuitive to a lot of people. So um, there's so, so, so much work. This is like the tip of the iceberg of the work that I do with people. But I really want to come on here and say like, can you see how when you put these rules and restrictions on yourself, you're actually distracting yourself from the point. You're actually distracting yourself from the point. And on top of that, the words good and bad are incredibly subjective, right? Who's to say what good means? Good could mean super delicious, super satisfying. It could mean sweet, right? Or it could mean nutrient dense, or it could mean carbohydrate containing, or it could mean like whatever the thing, or bad could mean whatever, like it's rotten. It could mean that it doesn't fit within a certain diet, right? Like there's really <laughs> one of my friends, Claire Tuning, who's also an amazing intuitive eating dietitian. She used to say this a lot and I loved it was there's no such thing as a bad food unless it's rotten or it's stolen. So that's, that's really it. Like that's the only time that there's a bad food, right? But a lot of times we're going to say, oh, but this like dessert or this, whatever, I'm just saying like common, I just think of commonly demonized foods is bad, why is it bad? It tastes amazing, right? So we're automatically setting ourselves up for conflict because we want this food that's bad, but it tastes so good. And like, we're automatically creating this struggle. We don't need that struggle. Like what I encourage my clients to do is to say, like, look at food a little bit more objectively. Like, why is it good? Why is it bad? It's so boring to call a food good or bad. You don't learn anything about a food. I could tell you what's a good food. And again, it's subjective. You have like, what are the rules? What are the rules? We don't know. It's only like self-defined. And if you're heavily entrenched in diet culture and like diet talk, you would be thinking, you know, well, I'm not even going to give you examples, but you probably have a clear sense of like, what's good or what's bad. There's like clean eating and all this stuff. Right. But again, it distracts you and detracts from the actual goal of why we want to make choices that make us feel good. Right. And I like to say feel good because I think we all have a sense of what that makes us feel, but I would even like challenge my own self and challenge you all to say, what makes you feel good? Does it make you feel energized? Does it make you feel grounded? Does it make you feel inspired? Does it make you feel nourished? Does it make you feel, you know, do you, do you feel indulgent? Like what, what is it that you want to feel and how can you let food help you feel that way? And again, one of the best things you can do when you detach your sense of self-worth, when food is just food, when eating cake is not a reflection of your self-worth, when eating kale is not a reflection of your self-worth, then it's much easier because foods are on an emotional, even ground on an emotionally even playing field. And you can just say, how do I want to feel? What foods are going to make me feel that way? And it's not that simple. Again, this is why some like I work with people for years sometimes because there's a lot of stories that we have and it takes time to get in touch with our body. But this is one of like the key foundational pieces is to say, how can I just nourish my body? Right. And I would say like, that's probably the goal. If we were to give diets, (laughs) 
Oh, if we were to give them the benefit of the doubt, that's, that's kind of the goal, right? The intention is to help you feel healthier to help you feel good in your body to help your food, make you feel good to feel confident, all that stuff. But like, let's go directly to that. Let's not follow this good, bad food rules because it like a lot of good and bad food rules with diets. Anyway, they just don't account for your specific culture, your heritage, your personal preferences, your specific health goals. Like what, like what makes your body feel good? What is your lifestyle? Like, can you cook a lot or do you have to eat out a lot? Like what there's, there's so many things that are applicable and unique to your life that general diets and food rules just simply cannot cover. Not to mention the fact that like restrictive diets just do not work. They do not work. Let me repeat it. They do not work. 90 to 95% of people who attempt to diet fail (laughs) and gain weight back, even if they lose weight, because it's just not sustainable. And for this reason, when we start to attach good and bad food rules to say, oh, I'll never eat cake. That's a really unrealistic goal. I think a lot of people will be faced with birthdays or I don't know, weddings, graduations, there's so many celebrations that are, that occur. So instead of like, it's really unrealistic to, I think, to say, we'll never eat this food instead of asking, how can I eat this food in a way that benefits my health in a way that makes me feel good mentally, emotionally, physically, how can I eat this food in a way that makes me feel good, right? Why would I choose this food over this food? Or when would I choose this food over cake or vice versa? There's so much more to look into it versus the surface level, good or bad. And when you start to tie your emotions into it, then that's when we start to see things like feelings of inadequacy or um, this last supper mentality really driving us to do behaviors around food, like overeating or feeling out of control or like restricting a lot so that you don't even enjoy life. Or maybe you don't go out to eat around people who might be eating cake, right? Cause you don't want to be faced with that decision. Like it starts to detract from your life and it starts to get you in this bad relationship with food. Right. And then we start to beat ourselves up to say, Oh, well, my body looks this way because I ate this thing. And that's not true. It's just not true. Like one food cannot do that to your body. Like it's, it's just not true. So I would encourage you all to say, okay, where is this coming from? Like, how does it serve me? But like, what, like, what is the real point? What is it like that I really want to get out of my eating? What is it that I really want when I'm making food choices? What would it be like if I allowed myself to say, I can have anything. What do I want? Like, given that I could have anything, what is it that I want? Because a lot of people, if you've been following food rules for a long time, you don't even, you may not even know what you want to eat. I've, I find this with my clients a lot when I'm like, okay, like if we were to release all the food rules, you could eat whatever you want. What would you want? And they'd be like, I don't know. Cause a lot of us go through our day and through our life making food decisions based off of what should I eat? Not what do I want to eat? Why do I want to eat that? Right? So I don't even like the word should. I think I said this at the beginning, but I'm like, I don't like the word should because it implies somebody else's views over your own. And I'm the person like, I will make a mistake just so that I learn why I should or should not do something because I need to know for myself, right? Like if someone tells me you should do this or you shouldn't do that, I like, I just, there's a rebellious part of me that doesn't want to do it. And that's the same rebellious part if you ever resonate with that. That's why putting food rules on ourselves is really unhelpful, you can do it if you want to. I think that it's not helpful. And that's why I don't use the terms like you shouldn't call foods good or bad because I mean, I don't think you should, but that's my opinion, right? I just don't think it's helpful or conducive for a healthy relationship to food to call, you know, this terminology good or bad. Get creative. It's boring to call foods good or bad. If I were to call someone a good person, you would know nothing about them. You might have ideas and characteristics that are associated with a good or quote unquote bad person, but they don't actually tell you what that means. So get clear, get objective, stop being subjective about your food. I mean, you can do whatever you want, but I, I find this to be one of the most crucial parts of healing your relationship with food, because then you can make decisions based off of 
like actual evidence in your body, right? Like when I'm hungry and I have a long day at work and I allow myself to eat XYZ food, I'm actually full for a long time. I have energy, et cetera, right? Who knows what food that is for every single person, but like we want to look at actual evidence with our own selves and our own lives and how food makes us feel physically, emotionally, like it does following these rules makes, make you feel deprived or not deprived, right? It's really important to look at all these things. So if you want to start to escape this dieting cycle, you know, part of it is like the physical restriction of not allowing yourself to have food. But part of it truly is, is like, is detaching your sense of self-worth and your, your capability as a person to do things and feel accomplished and willpower. It's like detaching your sense of self-worth is the other part of it. Because again, it's like when you start to tie your emotions into, or how you feel about yourself, like when you start to define how you feel about yourself by the food that you eat, you're starting to get into the gray area into potentially some sticky situations. And I don't think it's on a very healthy path because we want your food. Like I want for you to feel confident with food. I want for you to feel free with food. I don't want you to feel like you're thinking about food all the time, like 24 seven. That's like one of the first things my clients tell me when they start to heal the relationship with food is that they're like, Oh my God, I I didn't think about food that much. If you want to go back to one of our past episodes, I'll link it below. There's the episode we talk about what non-weight related wins look like. And that's one of them is being able to have like mind space and mental space and mental clarity to think about things other than your food and feeling good or bad or what you should eat and all that stuff. That's if you, if you think about food all the time, that is a sign that you could heal your relationship with food or there's some room for improvement in there in a loving way. I'm saying that in a loving way because you deserve to feel confident around food and you deserve to feel like you can live your life without food dominating, you know, the forefront of your mind. So that's what I have for you today. Let me know if this resonates with you. If you feel like you do this, if you have trouble getting out of this, honestly, this is like, again, it's such a crucial part. And because it's a crucial part, I think some people have, they need a lot of coaching with it. So be gentle with yourself. Like if you don't feel like you know how to do that, that's okay. Reach out for help or just have patience with yourself. It takes repetition. It takes, you know, going to, I call it the mental gym, you know, like rewriting how you talk about food. It's, it's the practice. It's the reps that you take to like call food. Oh, this is just kale. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just kale. Or this is tacos. Tacos are not good or bad. You could say delicious, right? If you want to say it's good, it's delicious, it's tasty, you know, say that, right? Just get specific. Get specific with your food and your food talk. All right, I could rant forever, but I just wanted to say, you know, Michelle and I so love and appreciate every single one of you for listening to us every week. It just means the world to us because we obviously feel very passionate (laughs) about this topic and for you to feel empowered in your life around food, because I think it's such an area of shame and guilt and just frustration for a lot of people. And we are here talking about these things because we want you to feel free and, and nourished in mind, body, and soul. So don't forget to check out Connected and Courageous, Michelle's wonderful program, as well as my group program called Tapping Into Empowered Eating, where we shift from this disempowered emotional eating state into an empowered and confident state. And this is one of the things that I teach you, which is how to detach your sense of self-worth from your food, because then you actually can like make good decisions and see change. So don't forget to check those out. 
We would love, love, love to work with you, help you heal. If that's something that you feel called to Michelle and I only work with people who are really ready for change and some people are not. So I want to say, I respect you. If that's where you are, if you're just kind of dipping your toes into this conversation, totally get it. I would love to talk to you anyway. Please reach out to us on Instagram at the deep dietitians podcast and share this episode with a friend. If you think it would benefit them, please leave us a rating and a review. We would really appreciate it because I think that more people need to hear this message. So with that, I will leave you and talk to you next week on the deep dietitian podcast. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate your time. We don't take it for granted and please go do something that makes you feel connected with yourself and nourished. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Deep Dietitians podcast. Michelle and I would love to connect with you over on Instagram. You can find us at Deep Dietitians and please DM us or take a screenshot of this episode and tag us in it. Let us know what you think. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and share this episode with a friend if you think they would find value in it or if you yourself thought it was interesting. We look forward to talking to you on the next episode and until then, stay connected with yourself.